0: Good morning, everyone. Uh, I, well, before we get started today, um, one thing I just want to tell you, you guys are giving hope to people who come here. Um, last mass, we had two different families visiting from out of town, and they heard the children screaming, which is what kids do. And they said, there's a couple, I think they were in their like, mid-60s, and they said, we're the youngest people at our church. And they said, I can't tell you how full our hearts are to see young people and children at Mass. And thank you. And I mean that. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you for having children, for being open to life, and for embracing your faith. Kids scream, that's what they do, that's their job. But literally, thank God that we live in a church where people come to Mass and they do this because lots of places right now, churches are empty. And there's no one under the age of 65 that goes there. So that just filled my heart. Um, Okay, today, very simple but very profound theme that God is giving us in the scriptures today. Uh, And the, the opening image I want to give you is I want you to think today we're going to talk about love and commandment. And how does love and commandment, how do those things interact And what I want you to think of, if you are a true Christian, if the love of God dwells inside of you, there is only one commandment. If the love of God dwells inside of you, there is only one commandment. But the way it works is that God's life is like a prism in some ways. It's like a pure light. And if you take a prism and the light shines through it, It separates out all the different colors. If you do not love, there are a thousand commandments. But if you have love, there is only one. We'll get to that. One of my, uh, I couldn't help but think of this today, with our gospel. Jesus talking about love and commandments... And, and priests are such dorks. I know you never think that. But um, one of my friends, there's a, there's a joke that priests make about, if you're a bishop, what would your motto be? And one of our, our priests in our community, um, he says if he was a bishop, his motto would be John fifteen fourteen, You are my friends if you do what I command you. am <laughs> like, OK. It sounds weird when God says stuff like this. It's like, really? Like, what does that mean? What does Jesus mean when he says, you are my friends, and if you love me, you will obey my commandments? None of us can say that. Right? If we say that to our friends, that's not going to come across too well. But Jesus does, and he says it over and over again. If you read John chapter 14 through John chapter 16, Jesus is going to say something like that over And over and over again and that's where we're going to go today. One last piece I want to mention that'll set the context for what we're talking about. Jesus today says, I am the vine, you are the branches. What does that mean? Jesus here is drawing off of a a strong Old Testament image. The most prominent place that he's drawing off of is Psalm 80. There's also a very strong um, passage in Isaiah chapter 5. But Psalm 80 says this. It says, speaking to God, the psalmist says, You brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. It took deep root and it filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches goes on and on in verse 14 it says turn again lord god of hosts look down from heaven and see have regard for this vine in psalm 80 the vine is israel israel is god's vine And so cool, we know historically, in Jesus' time, because of Psalm 80 and Isaiah 5, in Jesus' day, if you went to the temple, one of the most prominent decorations in the temple was a giant gold vine that was attached to the exterior of the temple. Josephus, who's roughly contemporary with Jesus, a historian, Josephus tells us that the clusters on that of grapes on that decoration were as large as a full grown man. Jesus today says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Abide in me, and I in you. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will abide in you and you in me. One last image about that vine, which is super cool. I was doing my research this week, and <clears throat> there's a lot of evidence in Jesus' day that the vine was also a symbol of the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. That, that the tree had developed in Jesus' day to be associated with this vine from Psalm 80. And so in some sense, we could say, Jesus is the tree of life. He is the true vine. And there is no life if we're not in him. First John, that our second reading was in 1 John 3. There's a great line just before that, that reading we had today. In 1 John three fourteen, it says, We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. He who does not love abides in death. Jesus says to us today, abide in me and I in you. If we have love, if we love God, and if we love each other, we have life. If we do not have these things, we abide in death. It's a little intense, but true. So an example I've used before, but it's been years, so I get to reuse it. That's the rule. Deal with it. Um, (laughs) An image I've used before, but I just can't help it. This is such a great image. I love this and so years ago I gave a homily and I used this and uh, I want to talk about Fiddler on the Roof and after I preached on that I said you know I've never seen it and our reader today Gary he was like how have you not seen uh, Fiddler on the Roof and he dropped the DVD off he's like FB you gotta watch Fiddler on the Roof I still haven't watched it Gary. (laughs) James says confess your sins to one another there's one of my sins but (laughs) Fiddler on the Roof captures today this image that Jesus wants us to get. He wants us to get this. And this will change your Christian walk. It will change your life if you get this. So I'm going to watch Fiddler on the Roof, but I know the song. So there's one song. There's a bunch of famous songs in Fiddler on the Roof. And there's one where Tevye and Golda, where they are singing a song. And it goes like this. I'm not going to sing the song for you. I know you thought, and said, and it goes like this. Um, <laughs> but the words are, so Tevye, the husband, he turns to his wife and he says, I'm asking you a question. Do you love me? Golda says, you're a fool. I know, but do you love me? Golda says, do I love you? For 25 years, I've washed your clothes. I've cooked your meals. I've cleaned your house. I've given you children. I've milked the cow. After 25 years, why talk about love right now? So powerful, isn't it? This is something so human and something all of us can relate to. How can you ask me if I love you? Look at what I do for you. I milk the cow. That's my favorite line. (laughs) I milk the cow. Yeah, but do you love me? And can you hear Jesus saying that to his church? For the Lord to turn to us, his bride, and say, my bride, my immaculate church, do you love me? Lord, you're out of your mind. (laughs) I know, but do you love me? Lord, I I go to church on Sundays. I know, but do you love me? I I tithe 10%. I know, but do you love me? Lord, I don't even just go to church. I go to Lord's, which is an hour and a half, right? (laughs) I know, but do you love me? If you have the love of God in your heart and your soul, there is one command. Because you will fulfill all other commands. But if you don't, if we don't love God, and you can imagine this, right, in any relationship, in human relationships, we're more prone to go through this It's easier in a human relationship to say, well, I just have a lot of stuff I need to do to serve my spouse and my family. That's natural for humans. God's love is above that. But we all have experienced this. Where your faith, if you do not have love, if that love of God is not burning from the depths of your heart, Catholicism begins to feel like a thousand rules. My RCIA is like this every year. When people either don't trust Jesus yet or that love isn't there yet, or if they don't trust the church yet, their love for the church, they don't understand it. It starts with a thousand different questions. Father Brian, why do I have to go to church every Sunday? FB, why why do I have to confess my sins to a priest? Why do I have to be generous to the church? Why do I have to love the poor? Why do I have to forgive my enemies? Why can't we use contraception in marriage? But I've seen it happen a million times. There's a moment in RCIA where people fall in love with either Jesus or the church, which as St. Joan of Arc says, they're the same thing. And all their questions melt away. And it all becomes one. Balthazar says this. Balthazar says, if we fall away from love, if love cools, the glowing lava of its immense spontaneity. I love that. Love has an immense spontaneity. It's always fresh. It's always new. As love cools, the glowing lava of its immense spontaneity hardens into the fixed and narrow molds of individual commandments. Where love grows sluggish, law flourishes. We got to do a better job of this, by the way. When we meet non-Catholics, you know what they feel from us? is a million commandments. What they need to see from us, and there are a lot of commandments, but there's really only one. And if you meet someone who is on fire with the love of God, if you look at Mother Teresa and her life, no one said, oh my gosh, does she follow a lot of rules? What they've said is that is a life that is completely... Given over to one thing. That's what wins hearts and souls. There's two dangers we have here. The first danger is this. So, you guys, your danger is God is good, He loves me. So, it doesn't really matter if I keep the commandments. And I'll see you in confession. <laughs> right? It does matter. No one, and St. John is emphatic about this, no one who truly loves says, Jesus, I love you, and so I don't have to worry about what you command me to do. The most obedient people on earth are people who love. When you fall in love with someone, you give up everything you have. When your children are born, You would give them your very breath. Love makes us obedient. And so someone who dismisses commandments does not fully understand love. The other danger, though, is this. The other danger is thinking that something else will unite us to Christ other than love. And I think this is a danger of devout Catholics. Devout Catholics, we get nervous and we say, you know what, Jesus, I don't measure up. I've struggled to keep your commandments. I don't write them off, but I'm scared that I don't measure up. And so what we do is we substitute a system for the love of God. We say, you know, I fold my hands the right way. I dress appropriately. I speak Catholic-speak, right? I milk the cow, but do you love me? Do you love me? One more quote today. And I want to talk about this. Jesus today talks about pruning. You can only love so many things in your life. And especially if you're going to love something passionately in a way that is not just like, yeah, you know, I like the nuggets. Sorry, Max. Um, I like the nuggets, whatever. They're okay. That's fine. If you're going to love in a passionate, full-blown way, there's very few things that you can do that with. You can't love a whole bunch of things and love them all passionately. And so God sometimes, he says, he's going to prune us. He says, if you bear fruit, if the fruit of love is in your soul, God is going to prune you to bear more fruit. And so if you really love him, God's going to say, Brian, come love me more. Have a deeper life have a deeper joy in the Holy Spirit. And Brian, if you're going to do that, you've got to love comfort a little bit less. On a vine, I am not a a green thumb, but on a vine, you cut back less fruitful pieces so that the nourishment and the energy go where it's supposed to go. And so I love this. Again, Balthazar talking about St. Augustine. He says, the more the human heart withdraws from a multiplicity of objects. Think about this. If your heart, right, when you were a bachelor and your heart went after 15 different girls, when you find the one, those are all cut off. The more the human heart withdraws from a multiplicity of objects, the more intensely it is drawn to one. In like manner, the more a man's soul is withdrawn from concern for temporal things, the more perfectly it will be drawn to love of God. If you really want to love God, your heart can't go after 50 different things. Right? More and more, I remember when I was going through my conversion, and, and as I entered seminary, and I had this fear... Where I was like, Jesus, you're making me weird. Yeah, Yeah, I know. You're like, you've always been weird. Um, (laughs) But I really thought that because what I thought was my heart was so on fire for him. I was like, Lord, I'm becoming incapable of talking about other things. I don't care about the NFL draft anymore. I just don't. I don't care about other things. And I go to, you know, you go to a party and people are like, so F.B., what do you think about so-and-so? And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. What do you think about John 15? And they're like, I think my drink just ran out. I need to go back to the drink table. God will make you weird. Because he will make his, your heart drawn only to him. the more man's soul is withdrawn from concern for temporal things. If I stop worrying about my front yard and my perfect living room and my hair and my fitness and my waistline, the more my heart withdraws from those things, the more perfectly it will be drawn to love of God. And hence, St. Augustine says, the hope of gaining or keeping material things is poison for love. The hope of gaining or keeping material things is poison for love. And last image today, Augustine goes into this. Augustine spoke Latin. And for Augustine, there's two different words he likes to use for love. There are more. But two of the ones he likes to contrast, he talks about, everybody say, cupidity and charity. Charity. So in Latin, and let's just do one more. This is what I do with the little kids, but with Greek usually. So Latin is cupiditas. Cupiditas. That was lame. One more time. And caritas. And what Augustine says is there is a war in your heart between those two loves. Cupiditas, where we get Cupid. Cupiditas is a type of love that ultimately is about me. I love pasta. I love comfort. I love my ego. I love myself. Charity is the divine love of God. And Augustine says... If you feed this love, you will kill the love of God within your soul. But if you feed this love, if you abide in Jesus, I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me and I in you. And I know it's true, Lord. In my life, the greatest moments where I'm able to overcome sin have not been because I've been disciplined. They have not been because I have been scared. They have been because I love you. And when your love is on fire in my heart, in my soul, how could I possibly love anything else? When the beauty and the perfection of the eternal light dwells inside of me. Jesus, the sins of this world hold no power. So Lord, today, Jesus, teach your church to love. Prune us, Lord, of loves that are not connected to you. Jesus, may we love you above all things. May we abide in you. May we have your life.